0: What's going on, collective listeners? On today's episode, we have John Bloom. uh, And you know what? I got to stop saying, like, he's a friend of mine or something. I I think by being the host of this podcast, one of the things that I've noticed the most is that all my friends are strength coaches. Like, I I didn't, like, really, like, think of that beforehand. And obviously, that's the case uh, for most people listening. But it was just like... (laughs) I I know more strength coaches than I thought I did for some reason, Uh, and so, uh, but John is a fantastic friend. Uh, We work together at Texas Tech, and a really really high level strength coach, Uh, and I think he does an amazing job with his teams. And I think you guys are really gonna uh, appreciate hearing about his process a little bit. You know, we cover. Uh, everything from his process to working with Darby Rich at Texas Tech, who we both worked with, uh, you know, and his body transformations are incredible. Overall, just a lot of really good information with it here. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you for listening. What's going on, collective listeners? On today's episode, we have John Bloom of Oral Roberts University, working with men's basketball there. John, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Of course, man. Always glad to talk to the VG. Hey, so I need to
0: preface this. John and I worked together at Texas Tech uh, and it feels weird actually even calling him John right now because (laughs) he's forever known as the Blooming Onion. Uh, (laughs) His last name is Bloom and uh, i'm forever known as vg or vanilla gorilla uh because of who we worked with the men's full-time strength coach at texas tech darby rich uh love to hand out nicknames and so i felt like it was only fair i gave uh, john bloom the uh, blooming onion nickname so if you hear us call each other that that's just it's a natural part of the process <laughs> just ignore it all right uh, well i'm really excited to have you on as a, as a guest uh you're somebody i I really, I look up to within the strength and conditioning realm of basketball because of, uh, your knowledge base. And for us being like the exact, I mean, how old are you again?
1: Uh, 26.
0: Yeah. Right. You're younger than yeah. me. Okay. And I, and you're 50 times smarter than me. So, nah. uh, I, I admire it. And I'm, I think the podcast guests are gonna be really excited to hear, uh, what you have to say. Uh, not even just related to basketball, but just strength and conditioning in general. So, uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, can you just give us a little breakdown of your history in strength and conditioning and what's brought you to your current position?
1: Yeah, man, I I appreciate you having me on. Um, Kind of for me, how it first started for strength and conditioning was really middle school through high school, I had a strength coach um, that was really great, Alex Pena, um, one of the biggest mentors in my life. And, you know, really, that's when I started to fall in love with strength and conditioning was working with him. And then, actually my senior year i got to be his assistant for my pe class so i worked with the middle school pe kind of helping him assisting and then in that summer before i went to college i was his assistant for the high school middle school summer program so that was kind of where i got a first start and and really you know start to see what it's like to coach and, and be involved with string conditioning um, but then i went to abilene christian to play football and i played a year of football there but then after the spring decided to stop playing And that's when my sophomore year, I started working with the strength staff at ACU. Uh, Brandon Decker, he was in charge of men's basketball, volleyball there. He was my mentor there that I started working with. And I I wouldn't be where I am today without him. He's an incredible coach and mentor and taught me so much and gave me so much um, room to grow as a coach and responsibility to grow as a coach. Um, So, you know, I, I worked sophomore through senior year there at ACU. And, you know, during my undergrad and eventually got started taking over uh, programs and, you know, getting that experience before I even graduated. And then once I graduated, I stayed on there for about another year and a half. Um, And then I went to Weber State where I was in charge of men's basketball, women's basketball. After that, I went to Texas Tech, worked with Darby with men's basketball there where we worked together. And after that, now I'm here at O' Roberts.
0: One of the things I really... Uh, appreciate about you and, and I respect is you always are looking for opportunities to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you uh, have just put in the time. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, but I didn't even know your senior year of high school, you were helping assist with programs. I mean, you're already starting it at, at, yeah. at such a young age. Is, is that how you feel like you've learned the best throughout your career?
1: Yeah, I think um, being thrown in the fire and like having to do things that maybe I wasn't necessarily ready for has been the biggest growing thing for me. So actually, I think the, the the biggest opportunity that I had was after my sophomore year at ACU when I started working with Brandon Decker. Um, I, through that first year, I, I assisted him for basketball and volleyball. And then I went home during the summer and I got to be fully in charge of the uh, basketball and soccer teams from my high school programming, running those. And then I also had a group of about 10 uh, junior college slash Uh, Division one, division two basketball guys that trained from like May to August, just straight with those guys. And really doing that was probably one of the biggest growing uh, uh, experiences for me. Just, you know, I didn't have really anyone there to tell me, oh, you need to do this or this. I was really just on my own for three, four months having to learn, okay, this is how I can apply what I just learned to the past year at ACU. Now I got a program. Now I got a, okay, now basketball starts getting involved. How can I adjust things and learn to adapt to the sport of what's happening? And that that, that was huge for me of going through that process because then I got much more comfortable programming and running a team. And then my junior year at ACU, that's when I started to get to run okay, I get to run the football red shirts, so I get to run some of volleyball and then leading into other sports and after that experience.
0: No, it's I mean, that's fantastic. And exactly like you said, being thrown into the fire yeah. is how you develop that skill. You know, how are you able to remain confident during those times though? I mean, especially as such a young age Mm -hmm. you are going through the experience that a lot of strength coaches kind of go through either with their senior year of college or uh you know going into their ga that's really the time where they get to start running their own groups uh at that young of an age how do you remain confident
1: yeah i mean i think there is always times where you know for me i'm always questioning is this the the best way to do it and there's times where i'm not confident that where you know i'm going back and forth between things and you know thinking maybe i should have done this but i think when you're constantly trying to find the best way. And then you do have people like Brandon Decker, Alex Pena and Darby. Now, you know, other people in the field that I can reach out to and bounce ideas off. Right. That just, you know, helps helps guide you a little bit. Um, But I think if you can always have, you know, the aspect of caring deeply for your athletes, and having that relationship and trying to do what's best for them and see them accomplish their goals. If you have that part down and you're trying to do everything you can, you know, program wise, coaching wise to be the best, I think you're going to go really far, even if, you know, you're still trying to figure things out.
0: Absolutely. The deep level of care that is, that is what the athletes, that's all they want to see really. I mean, of course, they'd like to see improvements and they'd like to see themselves getting better, but at the same time, uh, I think a lot of stuff can be done as long as they know that you genuinely just care about them. No doubt. No. Uh, so you're at Oral Roberts now. Yep. Uh, this is a new position for you. How's everything going?
1: It's really good. Um, you know, I got here right at the very end of April. Um, and so kind of a new new position where, you know, I'm the director also. So that that's something new. Um, which has been, you know, a lot, uh, definitely a growing experience, but, you know, learned a lot and, and, it's definitely enjoyable being able to run that. And I have a great staff here, um, that just absolutely kill it with all their teams. So it makes my job really easy. Um, but then, you know, I work with an incredible head coach, Russell Springman for basketball that he, he was the associate head coach here. And then, uh, the previous staff left and he took over and he's an incredible person, incredible coach. Um, he's really the reason that I really chose to came uh, come here. Um, so, I mean, it, it's been really good. You know, now we're we're four days away from, from tip-off. So, it's been good coming up to the game time now.
0: Man, I can I cannot wait to start <laughs> playing some games. Yeah, I am yeah. sick of practice. Oh, yeah. I, I'm ready to roll. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. I see you, you there. Women starting up on Monday, and then uh, men starting up on Tuesday. Nice. So, I, I'm ready to roll. Uh, w- one thing for the listeners, I, this is how humble of a uh, person john is okay i'm finding out at the same time as everybody else is listening that he is actually the director of strength and conditioning <laughs> there uh when i when he called me and told me he was at oral roberts it was it was a very uh coy and you know yeah i gonna worked with basketball at Oral roberts i had no clue you were the director <laughs> so I, I have to ask about this yeah. i mean first of all uh well i mean there's there's multiple questions actually I have that come to mind uh, my first would be how do you balance being the director uh when you also have to you know, look at the organization of basketball, you know, and how they typically treat their strength coaches is, you know, you're expected to be there at almost everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're supposed to be this like specialized strength coach just for them. Uh, how do you balance being the director on top of that?
1: Well, like I said, like I've, everyone on my staff, they're, they're awesome. They're really good coaches, really great people so like i'm i don't feel like i have to in any way micromanage them to make sure they're you know doing what they need to do for their teams like i know that they're all trying to do the absolute best job they can and you know that just lets me give them the autonomy to do what they need to do i don't need to check their programming or write programming for other teams or observe other teams you know i I have full confidence that they're going to do what they need to do um and then you know, all of us just work as a whole in terms of scheduling, you know, flow of everything that like, we, we're always going to help each other out and make sure that we help each other with, with space and timing. Um, so I think it just, you know, works well with all of us working together that, you know, I can fully put my focus into basketball while making sure and being confident that the other teams are going to be taken care of to the highest level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a great staff. You got, yeah. you got budgets to balance yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I
0: uh, I would not do well with the budget right now. I, exactly because I wouldn't see it as a budget. Yeah. I would see it as, all right, here, how much do I think I could go over on this so I could get the sweetest uh, bar possible or something. Yeah. Something.
1: Well, near. one one thing uh, Darby taught me, or uh, he would talk about it a lot. Cause at at Tech, right, they just built the Womble facility that you know they we just moved into. You moved, were there, and you know I'd be like, you know, when they just built this brand new facility, I'm not going to try and ask for a whole bunch of new stuff or change it all um, in the first couple of years. Right. And so we just built this brand new facility that we moved into this summer. So I'm not trying to ask for a bunch of new stuff when they just, you know, they just built an incredible facility. So it's awesome.
0: Fair uh, fair enough. (laughs) What I thought was so funny about the wobble was, uh, it was obviously designed by two different strength coaches than myself and Darby. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I came in like right as they were finishing up, uh, construction, Darby came in as it was already constructed. So, uh, you know, we walked in and I was like, <laughs> it was just so funny to me because it was like these two coaches designed the beautiful weight room. I mean, it, it looks fantastic, but, uh, a lot of stuff that I didn't really <laughs> use yeah. or, uh, Darby didn't necessarily use either. So it just cracked me up because we, we both just kind of slid right in there and I, I feel bad for the coaches who uh, didn't really get to use that, yeah. room that much. <laughs> uh, Well, the other question I had about this is, you know, you are 26. uh, And it's a young age. I don't think you carry yourself like you're 26. Um, I think most everybody would agree. And uh, just talking to you, I thought you were 35. (laughs) You know, uh, how does it feel being a director that young?
1: You know, I I think it kind of comes down to, like, thinking about it the same way. When I was working at ACU and I was – you know, running some of those teams when some, like a lot of times the athletes were older than me when I was first starting out. Um, But I think when you approach what you do with a high standard and you, you you do it, you know, you do it at a high level and and the athletes and then my staff knows that I'm trying to do everything I can to care for them and do the best for them while do the best job I can. I think there's going to be a respect there and and the age doesn't really, you know, matter where like, they're not going to respect me because I'm younger um, I think if you do a really good job and give respect to the people around you, that you can accomplish whatever you need to accomplish.
0: Absolutely, I, I knew that would be the answer I'd get, but I was just <laughs> curious. Uh, do you do you have people who work for you who are older than you? And has it, I mean, has it been any type of awkward or any type of issue? Uh,
1: you know, quite a few of them are older. Uh, some of them just like a year or two, and one a bit older. But no, I mean, I think you know, really, like I said, like all of them are. I and mean, we're always just trying to do anything we can to help each other out, learn from each other, grow with each other um, and, and have a mutual respect with everything we do. So really, there's there's been no problems there.
0: Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so you're a football guy, right? I mean, I was a football guy myself. Uh, we're both now in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what caused this uh, kind of movement to basketball for you?
1: Well, so I, I did play basketball, like my whole life, like kindergarten through my senior year of high school, I played basketball and probably liked basketball more than football. I was just better at football, my, you know, not not tall enough for basketball. I stopped growing about eighth it. grade, you know, <laughs> um, I get it. so I love basketball. I love playing. And then really. So after I stopped playing at ACU, when I came back my sophomore year, the there was a new football uh head coach and the previous head strength coach kind of left for a different job. So Brandon Decker, um, he had been an assistant that had worked with me when I was an athlete and he was the only remaining person on staff that was still left there. So he was the one I kind of came to talk to about, you know, trying to work or intern with them. and, And he had been put in charge of men's basketball and volleyball there. So kind of just that influence, I think, especially at first of him being my mentor and men's basketball kind of being the main sport we worked with. And really being in that and then kind of just the opportunities that grew from that, along with loving basketball, just kind of led me to where I am now, I think. You know,
0: and you, I don't know, to me, you're a basketball guy, right? <laughs> I mean, just I think the way you, uh, we've had our conversations in the past about how you approach strength and conditioning for, uh, basketball specifically. Uh, I think it's what I appreciate about it and not to knock football strength coaches whatsoever, but I do feel like it has to be very cerebral, mm-hmm. right? Because it's this, this process where you have 15 guys, uh, you know, uh, and you have to think about how do I get the, what's best for each of them. Yeah. Right. And, and how do I focus my training on what they specifically need yeah. versus football where, you know you do have assistant strength coaches but at the same time like it's one to 20 you know typically mm-hmm. and that's on a, at a really really good staff yeah. uh that's like a power five you got a crazy budget you can hire whoever you want you know i mean some schools are out there doing it with one guy you know so that's one to 120 right there uh you know i, I think it it can be difficult to develop uh, as strong of relationships with those players and to specialize as much with those players Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's just no fault to the strength coach. It's just, the job doesn't lend itself to that. It's not easy to uh, do those things. So I'm glad to see you in basketball because I think you fit very well within that role.
1: Yeah. I think that's another reason I like basketball is, you know, like kind of like you're talking, like being with a smaller group of team, uh, you know, group and like, you know, like we're with them, All the time 24 7 you know whether it's meals you know post practice practice lifts you're pretty much there especially once you start getting on the road you're around them all the time so you really can like you're saying develop those relationships but also like holistically go into their development like from all areas you know nutrition extra recovery extra lifts on the road game day lifts with you know low minute guys you know you get to be involved with everything on a more minute level um, i think where you can be so involved in, in those athletes' development and the development as a team as a whole, I think, as well. Absolutely.
0: And in and- I mean, I just know everything that's going on with each person on the team, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I know, like, oh, yes, you you, you struggled with uh, patellar tendonitis yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, it, it just makes it easier to do your job because you know exactly what to prescribe for them instead of having to have more of a conversation on a daily basis. For it sure. like, feels like, to me, it kind of clicks a little bit more. Yeah. It's easy to just roll right into what you need to do. Yeah.
1: Like, I used to, when I was at Weber, I, I did, like, Google Forms. I had this whole kind of dashboard. I had showed you that before at Tech, and... I stopped doing kind of further on into the year. I stopped doing the wellness questionnaires because it's like, I'm with these guys all day, every day. Like I know exactly how they feel. Like I, I don't have to do this right now anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Plus everybody's a
0: six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on anything, no matter what, it's a six. How hard was the workout? Six. How good was your sleep last night? Six. Yeah. I we. Uh, it's funny because we were actually meeting with the software company this morning for programming mm-hmm. and he was like and you can do questionnaires if you want and i was like i sure don't <laughs> yeah. i was like i am not going to use them one time because everybody's going to be a six and exactly like you just said i also know i also know where these guys are at you know like in, you know when people were being truthful to you you know when people are trying to tough things out and, and i think it lends you you as a coach to be uh more involved with the team and to just get a better product out of yeah. the players for sure
1: and i've and each morning, like the guys come in for breakfast and that's become a great time for me where I can just, you know, be like, cause we, we lift and practice in the afternoon. So in the mornings, I just, you know, as they're coming in, like, hey, how you feeling today? So I can get a kind of a glimpse into how the team as a whole is feeling soreness wise, you know, fatigue wise. And that can that could influence, you know, conversations with coach or, you know, how I'm programming. But most of the time based off, you know, the way we're periodizing practice whatever, I kind of know probably how they're going to feel coming in.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what, you scrimmage for 45 minutes, you go live for 45 minutes the day before, usually they're not going to feel yeah, too great yeah. the next day coming <laughs> in, you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, you also gave me an alley-oop into my next question. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, you spoke about the deep level of care that you have for your athletes. Uh, what are some ways that you feel like you demonstrate that with your group?
1: Um, I think kind of the – the going above and beyond beyond things that you have to do and then the things that they know you don't have to do so like kind of here like we've talked about before a little bit is you know cooking breakfast right kind of you know, influenced by some guy like pat lewis like i got a blackstone griddle that i'll wheel out each day and we'll, we'll, i'll cook breakfast out there and they'll come in and get it each morning um and then just kind of you know i'll make smoothies for post practice each day along with you know electrolytes in college and collagen pre-practice and then another kind of drink between um, and kind of those those things that they know don't have to be there when you do those things they know that you care and are willing to do extra for them and I think you know they just give a little bit more back when you do that absolutely it, and now my
0: only question for you is are you sure you didn't get that blackstone for yourself
1: <laughs> no trust <which has, laughs> matter I cook on that every morning. I uh, I don't need to do any extra on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you whatsoever. You know, there uh, there
1: is sometimes some leftover yeah. eggs or something that I'll grab once everybody's been through in the morning. So that'll be my, my have, post-lift fuel right there sometimes. <laughs> I
0: have uh, zero doubt that the blooming Onion is sneaking yeah. some extra eggs after, yeah. after his lift. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, but that's one of the things I really uh, respect about you is the things that you're willing to do that go above and beyond. Like you said, uh, it, you know, and that's where, again, another reason why basketball has been so uh, beneficial to me is because it allows you to do those things, yeah. right? You're not spending time going through <laughs> 120 lift cards or uh, especially when you have one team, it's really uh, nice to be able to do those things that go above and beyond mm-hmm. for uh, your individuals. Uh, it, one thing that I do want to talk about too is uh, your body transformations for your teams are really good. Uh, You know, if, if anybody wants to check it out, you can go to his Instagram. We'll make sure we get the uh, handle at the end. Uh, But I mean, your players have seen significant transformation, especially, you know, just over the summer Mm -hmm. uh, at the time that you uh, initially posted them. I mean, I was really impressed. Uh, And so what are the biggest things that go into those for you?
1: I think the first key is that our head coach Russell Springman cares about the weight room and emphasizes it to the players a lot. Um, like, as you know, like that support just helps with everything we're trying to do so much, right? Cause if you don't have that support, it's hard to get done what you need to get done. Um, and it just make, you know, when, when the person that determines their playing time says like, Hey, I need you to get to this weight, you know, or I need you to ch- make this type of change. Like, a lot of times that's going to make them care about it a lot more and make it more of an emphasis for them. Um, so I think that was the first key for me was having that support. Uh, but then I think then it's just a combination of, you know, the athletes working hard and, you know, trying to have, do, do what we're doing in a smart way, but work really hard and have, you know, level intensity there. And then just trying to have the other side of nutrition and supplementation and that aspect with it and just, you know, with all that, it's about consistency rather than, you know, going out oh, one day, man, it's just, we got to do those small little actions every day over and over and just stack days over and over. And I think that's, that's what it was, was about. Um, where like, for example, like kind of my main weight gain, weight gain guys, you know, we would, in the summer, we would, you know, we'd have breakfast, we'd lift and then have a little break and then we'd practice. So we were kind of done midday and then, you know, every single day, okay. at between three to four, they got to come in and they're getting, you know, an extra meal, extra, you know, shakes and stuff. And just kind of the consistency of just having to do things like that. Um, You know, guys coming in for extra lifts or extra condition, if they're trying to, you know, go that way, you know, just, it's just those small things that build up and just stacking those small habits over and over and over.
0: Absolutely. You know, and when we talk about transformations on, on my team, you know, there's, And there's uh, guys have done a great job and they, and they've worked super hard. my my favorite thing is the weight gain guys finding out that they're not eating nearly enough, you know, like, and so I, I just, it cracked me up because one of our players is like, coach, I've been eating hella. And I was like, all right, like, let's, let's find out what hella is. Write it down for a week. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, write it down, you know, find out. And I already knew hella was going to be my breakfast. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we go in uh, to one of our uh, post-practice meals and, and we're sitting there and he, loads up like it was like two pieces of pork tenderloin like a small scoop of mashed potatoes and green beans yep. it was like that's hella you know and mm-hmm. he was like oh absolutely <laughs> like, dude i i eat this like at least four times right. a day there's a reason like you, so, you right, weigh not enough we <laughs> <weight>. <laughs> there's there's an exact reason so we call it a uh, we call it Connor Eats now. Mm. Uh, if you're below on your weight, you got to sit with me at yes. the, uh, uh, at the at training table, and we'll, and we'll have a nice sit-down <laughs> meal, and it's usually going to be two plates full of food. Yeah. Uh, so, it, I mean, but again, I, I'm very fortunate to have the support from my uh, coaching staff as well, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the that's the biggest thing, right, is, is you can echo it over and over and over again, uh, and, and you can develop a good buy-in, but you're not going to be able to reach everybody. <laughs> Uh, you know, or at least to the level where they're going to make massive changes. Right. Uh, you know, like there's people on the team who I know will listen to me, but they're not going to, uh, you know, take it to complete heart. It's not going to be this live or die by it type deal. But then all of a sudden their position coaches are coming up and saying, hey, this is really important for you to do as well. And that might be a coach that they have a better relationship with, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine. But, you know, that support allows those players to actually make those changes, right? Because it's like, okay, if I'm hearing it from Connor and I'm hearing it from Coach X, then, you know, I probably should make these changes. I probably should do the things that I need to do uh, to improve. And So the the coaching staff support is massive. Uh, One of the things I love too is – your guys do work hard. And you we had you had a video published over the summer. Uh and I'll never forget. Uh it was every everything was great. Every, great weights, you know, everything looked fantastic. And then right in the middle of it, they put like a warm-up set of a kettlebell squat uh with like uh it was tempo and warm-up, you know, so it was like one of those like PT yeah uh, kettlebells basically. And I immediately had to call you. I just knew <laughs> like right away, I was like, I had to make fun of him for this. And you try to defend it, but, uh, but I feel like I
1: roasted you pretty good. And for that, that was the school's it's video. Fun. That was just, you know, before we squat a lot of time, we'll do some eccentric goblet squat prep. So that wasn't the, that wasn't the main lift or anything. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, you know, how with obviously nutrition is a big piece to this, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the, uh, transformations, you, you mentioned a lot, you mentioned collagen, you mentioned extra meals, uh, you know, things that really kind of help these players get that specific edge. Where, uh, do you typically get your nutrition information from, for any strength coaches here who are listening that may not be working with a dietitian, uh, or maybe, uh, you know, in similar situation where you are, where they're expected to make significant changes to the uh, players' bodies and, and make significant transformations. Mm-hmm. where do you typically uh, find the best resources of what's best to use for the players?
1: Um, one of the the first best things I did was the Precision Nutrition Level One course um, back when I was at ACU. That that was a that was a really great foundation of knowledge, and and they, they do a great job of teaching like how do you actually make change with it too, right? Because I mean, you can have a lot of knowledge, but if you can't communicate that and create behavior change, it doesn't really matter. So that, that was a really good starting point. And, um, I think w- one one person that's been a huge influence is Ryan Darrow with Designs for Sport. Um, he's kind of the rep I work with there, and he works with colleges. And so he that that's who I use for a lot of our supplements. But he's also been a huge mentor and just you know mentoring me on you know the best way to use supplements, you know the best supplements, and even going beyond just nutrition. You know, information and education, he, he's been huge with that and is always so supportive. Um, and then I think, other, you know, then also seeing like other strength coaches within college basketball, how they do things. Um, guys like, you know, Alan Bishop, you know, has influenced a lot of people. He's been an influence for me. And um, Pat Lewis, another guy in terms of how to, especially when you don't have all the resources of Power 5, how can we, you know, with a little more work, provide still a high level of nutrition so that that's kind of been and, you know obviously just reading different books and you know education info around there too
0: yeah pat pat lewis is a high level dude too yeah i mean his transformations are, are fantastic yeah. i mean he's absolutely killing it uh It, you know, you could also cheat and uh, take the way I did, which is get engaged to a dietitian. Uh, You know, that's, that's the one that helps me out the most. Uh, But, but if you are not uh, as fortunate as me, then I would highly recommend uh, the precision nutrition course, like you said. Uh, And so you're a constant continuing education person as well. Uh, You know, I feel like you are the definition of a forever learner, right? Uh, And always asking questions and trying to find the uh, the appropriate or the best ways to train your teams. What uh, what are you, are your biggest recommendations, or what are some of the best continuing education pieces that you've uh, undertaken that you would recommend to coaches listening?
1: Um, I've done a, you know a lot of things. I think book wise, like I'm always gonna be reading books, and that's been a huge influence on me. I think you know some of the ones that a huge influence, especially you know with looking at how we. Imp- Actually, impact the sport like game changer. Um, by Fergus Conley was a huge one when when I was first starting out. That really influenced how I thought about things. Um, one really great book for like strength training and all that is the Agile Pairsation book by uh, Milana Njivanovic. That's that's a really great resource there. Um, you know some some great courses. I think uh, the Strength Coach Fundamentals courses. Um, by Kieran and Flat. Those were really great courses that covered you can kind of all of it, um, everything you need to know about being a strength coach. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to say just real specific things because there have been so many things that have influenced and gone into it. Um, but I, I think, like you talked about, just continuing to find, you know, ways to learn and, and see how to better do things, whether that's, you know, talking to people, seeing how other people are doing it, um, while still t- taking in information from, books, podcasts, courses. But the biggest thing for me that, that I found that help, that helps me is when I actually have to apply that into something, whether it's putting it into how I'm actually coaching, or maybe I'm going to, you know, give myself some project with a deadline where I'm, I remember at AC this couple of times where I'm going to do a presentation on some aspect and present it to the rest of the staff. And that really drove me to go deep on a subject and put together and synthesize it to where I actually have to communicate it. Because I think when you can communicate and teach, that's when you really know something. Um, Because sometimes I fall into it where I'm just taking in a lot but not actually doing anything with it. And that's not gonna lead to long-term learning.
0: That's really interesting. I I don't think I've ever really heard of anybody doing that with their continuing education Mm -hmm. pieces, forcing themselves to give
1: presentations.
0: i mean i feel like that has to like you said i feel like that has to give you an even deeper level of understanding of the information you're trying to get across yeah for sure wow what are you currently undertaking what's your newest venture uh for your continuing education
1: Well, one of the biggest ones i'm doing right now um and it's actually not like strictly straight conditioning but it's um it's called uh high flow coaching through the flow research collective and it's this program they have. And, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with like flow states from I like heard of Steven Kotler, um, kind of flow states, kind of like being in the zone, right. That, that optimal experience where you are at your very best right in sport, you might find it through, um, you know, being locked in, like you're making everything, like you're fully present in the moment, right. Kind of looking at that and you know, how we can tap into that with athletes, with, you know, staff working and, and just, you know, being able to perform at a much higher, higher level. Um, so that, that program is kind of looking at, you know, how we can do that, but then how we can coach it and, and really coach the people. So it it's, it's been a really incredible program where we have, you know, weekly two hour sessions where we come in as a, a group, but there's also a bunch of resources we do throughout the week. Um, so that's, that's been, you know, huge for me and in it, we have to do a big project that at the end of the 12 weeks we have to present. So kind of like I was talking about, like, it's making me really go in and put together resources and you know, figure out um, how it can all work together and how I can communicate that and, and really learn the knowledge I'm trying to go into. I was, I was about to
0: say, you're going to have to give me your presentation. So yeah. If you, if you didn't have to give one, then I, <laughs> I would absolutely uh, require you to give me one. Yeah. <laughs> and then it would make me better as a coach. For sure. Uh, you know, one of the last things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, obviously uh, a strength coach like Darby Rich is uh influential in a lot of people's mm-hmm. lives uh you know i mean he was influential for me and you worked directly underneath him uh so it, you got even more of the uh, darby experience you know yeah. uh, what, what were some of the biggest things that you learned from darby at your time at uh, texas tech
1: i think some of the biggest things with darby is is how to impact a program a basketball program specifically beyond just how you impact your athletes in the weight room right because i think you know, when when you're trying to bring value to a program and I tell this to like recruits when when we're talking, I'm like, you know, I don't wanna just have influence in the weight room because then my impact's just in the weight room. Right. I wanna impact the court, I wanna impact the program, and that's how we're gonna, you know, be more valuable to the program, right? So in in the ways that, you know, I think, you know, Darby influenced me a lot and how we can, you know, impact the way coaches doing practice or Sometimes just how are we doing the schedule? When are we making them come in? How are we doing things on the road, right? Sometimes those logistical things that, you know, they actually make a huge difference if we just change them and tweak them a little bit. Um, You know, I think another thing with with Darby, with right? As we know, like he, he played basketball at a high level and then he was a basketball coach, right? Division one before becoming a strength coach. So he has a great knowledge base in both areas in terms of, you know, how to influence that and how to have those conversations with athletes and, and basketball coaches. Um, so I think he really helped, you know, teach me and how to get, you know, buy in with, with those athletes and with the coaches um, and, and how we can not necessarily, even if we're not even changing what we're doing, but just painting it in a different picture or creating an image of how is this going to affect basketball for the athletes, how we can have those conversations with the coaches. So that we're always speaking the same language rather than, you know, just being a strength coach and try and talk scientifically in your own way. Right. You know, you can still do you need to do just communicate in a little different way to make everybody in the room care about it a little bit more.
0: That was so what was so interesting to me, I think, was. Uh, seeing how he integrated basketball into the weight room mm-hmm. and how he made it very clear uh, about how this lift was going to help you on the court. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, like, oh, we're doing a vertical jump so you can get rebounds yeah. more. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it was very, very high-level things. Uh, now, some stuff looked absolutely wild to me. And I, <laughs> the more I'm in basketball, I'm like, all right, I get it. You know, but, <laughs> uh, but I mean, the signature Darby is the uh, two purple bands, uh, X step the X across the the step up with the oh, yeah. ball. Yep, 100%. If if you see that, that means Darby Rich is his stamp on that lift.
1: Hey, some of those, some of those workouts were was a workout for us. Three of three of those oh, lifts yeah. in a row, man, that be that was tiring on us.
0: When you guys were butt to butt doing the lateral raises, the, the uh, back down lateral raises,
1: uh, those those were tough days. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I remember he said this, he said this is the number one thing that's ever given him ingrown toenails. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, you know, one, one thing that I really appreciated about Darby was, uh, you know, he, uh, when I took the job at App State, uh, he was, he took me out to dinner. Uh, we had a great dinner together. Uh, but then at the end, like, you know, he gave me advice about how to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really appreciated it because, I mean, obviously, this is somebody who's been in the game for a really long time. Uh, so anytime you give valuable information like that, I think it's, I mean, it's invaluable. I mean, yeah. you, you, you can't put a price on that. Uh, but then at the same time, you know, somebody who has been doing this for so long turns to me and asks, Hey, what are some things that I can do better as well, too? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what really impressed me. Uh, And so, I think as a staff, you guys worked really well together because you both had that mindset of always improving and always doing better. Uh, yeah. So it, it was impressive. Uh, and then we had the women's staff over here watching uh, Gorilla <laughs> versus uh, <laughs> uh, Brown Bear, who would win in a fight <laughs> videos.
1: But yeah, I, I definitely because agree. The I definitely agree with that about Dari. I mean, he, um, like you said, like he's been in college basketball, strength conditioning as long as about anyone, right? And doing it at the highest level, but he he's always looking. knowledge from other people and he's going to be very confident in what he does but he's not afraid to change what he does at all um if he thinks that there can be something that we can do better and he was always asking me you know how could we do this better and 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 always open to new ideas so i I think that that's that's part of why you know he's at the level he's at and, and able to stay there is because he's willing to continue to grow always
0: Absolutely. When he was looking for your position, he said the number one thing he wanted was somebody who knew technology, knew all the things that he mm-hmm. did, not really, so that the person could teach him as well. Uh, you know, and obviously you guys use the velocity-based training units a massive amount. Uh, I mean, uh, I think it really just enhanced the program, all the technology that you guys use on top of it. so. Well, John, thank you. I I, I keep uh, it's freaking me out calling you John. I got every single time I talk to you. It's Blooming Onion. Uh, but Blooming Onion, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, if if any of our listeners uh, wanted to reach you, what would be a good place like social medias, email, anything like that? Yeah, I
1: think uh, my email on the website or you, I think it's j bloom at edu, and then I think Twitter and Instagram. I think it's at John Bloom thirty. So any any of those.
0: There we go. Uh, are you still posting your reels?
1: Uh, it's been a while. You let me down. A- you
0: let me down. The <laughs> only thing I ever taught you how to do was how to make an Instagram reel. <laughs> you taught
1: me some jujitsu.
0: This is true. I did teach you a little bit of jujitsu. So. But then you left jiu-jitsu and I stopped. And social media. <laughs> Then, yeah, immediately stopped. I, <laughs> I remember I called like two weeks later. I was like, You still do jujitsu? No shot. No shot. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Well John, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh uh, man, it was it was awesome. I appreciate you having me here.
0: Absolutely.